The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and I'm your host today. And our focus for our show is going to be on music and recovery and how we can use music to help um, engage people in recovery, how to help people heal, heal their brains. And our guest today is Paul Pellinger, who is the Chief Strategy Operator. I'm sorry, Chief Strategy Officer for Recovery Unplugged, which is located in Fort Lauderdale in Austin, Texas. And Recovery Unplugged is an addiction rehabilitation program that is totally um, helps people immerse themselves in the musical experience, and it helps uh, the therapist find pathways to people's souls, and it serves as a catalyst for long-lasting recovery. And as most of us know, you know, music connects to memories, and sometimes those memories can help create resilience, and sometimes those memories can be triggers for substance use. So, um, Paul, can you can you begin by just telling us the role music plays in terms of therapy at Recovery Unplugged? Yeah, wow. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, music is... <clears throat> one of the only forms of communication that communicates to the soul. And there's probably a reason why most religions use it. And there's probably a reason why as a child, I was able to allow it to change my mood, uh, motivate me. Um, For God's sakes, remember my first girlfriend when I don't remember it happened 38 seconds ago. And so at Recovery Unplugged, what we often do is we use music to engage the client to break down their defenses, to use it as a catalyst for positive change, as well as what you've already alluded to, which is help them remember and learn some of the things that are needed in order to maintain long-term recovery. So typically, um, when people come to Recovery Unplugged, are they musicians? Do you have to be a musician? I mean, great question. Great question. Universal. Yeah. Strategy? So that is a really good question. Eighty-five percent of our clients, including myself, are not musically talented or inclined at all, <clears throat> which is another, <clears throat> you know, misnomer about recovery unplugged. I often get calls from people that go, "Oh, I have this great musician, and I think he would do perfect at recovery unplugged." And to be honest with you, we've had some pretty you know, famous and legendary and professional musicians who have received treatment at Recovery Unplugged, but it's certainly not a requirement. So um, that's that's really interesting um, because when I, you know, when I think of music at um, where where we are at Westbridge, 
a, a number of the folks that we work with have incredible musical ability and um, and I don't know why that's because the part of the brain that's affected with the mental illness and addiction um, is is the, you know somehow depleted, but the other part of the brain that connects with music is enhanced. And we find that music is um, such a great engagement strategy for people, and it's and it really is kind of a universal language, even if somebody's in the throes of their of their illness. You know, you put them on in a drum circle, and they can pound the drum and, and, and connect. Right, right. What a great point. Um, some of the services, I, I guess, we're really fortunate and or lucky, if you want to call it, that we have some uh, professional singer-songwriter, actually one legendary singer-songwriter who works at Recovery Unplugged full time. And what he'll do is he'll assist with those not only drum circles, but he'll also assist the clients in creating, telling their stories through music, through musical lyrics, and actually performing them and playing them. And so if somebody's interested in learning how to play guitar, they can learn that here. They want to learn how to play drums, they can play that here. But that's just a very small <clears throat> excuse me, piece of it. What, what often happens at Recovery Unplugged is, you know, clients, let's, let's just say people, um, often have difficulty expressing, you know, what they think or feel. And then we ask clients to do that and share their feelings. And so it's difficult. It's still difficult for me at, these, at this time with, with years of being in recovery myself. And so we might have difficulty doing that, but I guarantee you somebody's written a song about it. So what we'll often do is we'll match the lyric or even the genre up with the particular client and the, um, the, the, the issues or the coping skills that they need or the changing of their perceptions or things of that nature, and it immediately engages them versus just, you know, asking them a good open-ended question like I was taught to do in school as a clinician. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> right, right, right. So um, to what degree is music incorporated into the day, is it? So actually, um, music starts before the client even enters our facility. And here's exactly what I mean by that. We often do pre-assessments for clients before they get to the facility to see if they meet our clinical, medical, legal, and financial criteria. And in addition to that, um, every treatment center does that. Um, what we do a little bit different <laughs> is that we'll ask the client, okay, what's your favorite um, genre of music? And then we'll narrow it down maybe to a specific artist and even a specific song. Um, I've yet to hear anybody say, I hate music. That, that and I'm a cannibal. Those are the only two things I haven't heard yet in the 26 plus years I've been in the field of substance abuse addiction treatment. And so when I get that song out of them, when they are, they are that is immediately put into their treatment plan. So when we pick them up from the detox, their house, the airport, the hospital, wherever, as soon as they get into our vehicle, I have that song playing in the vehicle. And I don't even say anything to the client. And if they're not half out of it, the response is always the same. Oh, my God, the long and winding road by the Beatles. This is my favorite song. Do you like the Beatles? The, the person will say to my driver. And the driver will go, yeah, but I heard you did. And immediately rapport is established. 
immediately. They feel heard versus being yelled at. So when they get to our facility, we don't deal with that normal two-week adjustment period to the new environment. And then right off the bat, they start associating, you know, good thoughts or good feelings. There's no defense against music, if that makes sense. And so, and so, yeah, and so that's, that's how it starts before they, they get there. Um, if you'd like, I can certainly, you know, elaborate on what a day is like and how we incorporate sure. music. Okay. Yeah. So, so what will happen is, is that a, a, a typical day at Recovery Unplugged is, is, first of all, we have what's called an extended care residential facility, which is a $2 way of saying they live separate from where they get treatment. And so the Fort Lauderdale location is the extended care residential facility. The Austin facility is true residential. Where they live is where they get treatment, plus we offer detox there as well. But let's just take the Fort Lauderdale facility, for instance, which is the original um, facility opened up about mm, three and a half years ago now. And so what will happen is is that the, the drive every day from the housing to the treatment center is about a mile away. And that mile is what's called A1A. And for those of you who are not familiar with sunny Florida, <laughs> South Florida, that's the, uh, that's the road that goes parallel with the ocean. So what I did was I created a loop of about 300 songs from every genre, from every, I'm going back to the 1920s to current day, from Gladys Knight and the Pips to Drake and everything in between that I thought had some meaning and I play that loop of music in the van as they're driving back and forth to treatment, which is between, you know, 8.30 in the morning till around 4 in the afternoon. And so it sets immediately the tone for the day. When they get in the van, they're driving up and down the ocean, which aesthetically is beautiful with music, which just enhances that. As a matter of fact, I was watching the Golden Globes last night, and I remember one of the recipients of an award said that, that music enhances the movies. Music has this ability to become the catalyst for the emotion. And so, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Oh, it it totally does. And a whole number of... uh, What I'm reacting to is I'm thinking about, like, back, um, like, in the 60s and 70s, TV shows had great theme songs, you know? Uh, And it just sets the tone for this. For the right. for the whole show, and today we, there's there's nothing. I mean, it's all right, right. It's all like it's this very techno, right? <laughs> I'm so, yeah. yeah, but it's so refreshing to hear you say that because a lot of the clients that we have are your typical 23, 24 year old heroin addicts who are into more of the music of the day, and I'm not knocking it. It's just a little bit more superficial than it was, you know, back when Bob Dylan was writing music. Let's just say that. So anyway, um, the client will arrive at the facility and immediately will be brought into what's called, most treatment facilities call it a goals group. And in most treatment facilities that I've either opened in the past or worked at, um, they have a staff member read from like a daily reflections book or a 24-hour-a-day book, something to that. And then they'll have the clients kind of elaborate or, you know, talk about, you know, that particular goal of the day. 
Unfortunately, I believe what we've done over time is, is we've taught our clients who have been in multiple treatments how to just spew out program data versus really internalize what they're saying. So instead of having a goals group at Recovery Unplugged, we call it mic check group. And what I do different is, is I have a professional musician who happens to be certified as an addictions professional or some other mental health type of license who will say, okay, guys, today we're going to talk about change. Uh, Michael Jackson wrote a song called Man in the Mirror. And one of the lyrics is, if you want to make a change, take a look at yourself and make that change. And then she'll perform the song acoustically, which immediately engages the clients on a different cerebral, spiritual level. And then the feedback from the clients becomes more real, more honest, more thought-provoking, more internal. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it sounds, yeah, it, it certainly does. I, um, a number of years ago, I worked at a mental health center, and, and one of the first people, I came from the addiction world to work in the mental health system, which, as you know, is, you know, the yin, the yin and the yang of uh, behavioral health. And there was a, uh, one of the men that was assigned to me, um, that's how we bonded, was he firmly believed he wrote the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven, and he loved Led Zeppelin, and I love Led Zeppelin. And for the first <laughs> few weeks, that's what we did. We drove around and we listened to Led Zeppelin, and we talked, and, you know, yeah. he had a few delusions, but, you know, yeah. it was fine, you know. But, yeah. but And even every once in a while, I'll see him now, I've gone on to work somewhere different, and uh, we we still talk about that. So um, right after this commercial, let's talk a little bit more about how empowering music is for folks, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Children with chronic conditions shouldn't have to just live with it. There are many alternative options that can reduce, reverse, or even eliminate the effects of chronic illness in our children. 
on Kids Health Revolution Radio with host Deborah Morgan. We'll explore these alternatives to help you take care of your children. It's time to take our kids' health back. Listen every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everybody, to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and our guest today is Paul Pellinger, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Recovery Unplugged. And we're talking about how how they and how you can use music to help treat addiction and to help engage folks in treatment. And, um, Paul, have you found that using music um, helps you with... um, works really well with some folks, and are there other people that maybe um, have a harder time with it? So the answer is yes and no, and let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Oftentimes what will happen is a client will come in and will be totally resistant to the music. So he'll be literally sitting in the group while a gentleman named Richie Supa, a former you know, a member of Aerosmith, singer-songwriter that goes back to the Screen Gem days and Carol King and all that good stuff, I go on and on about all the people he knows. He'll, he'll be performing a group and he'll see a client just sitting there with his arms folded. And so he'll take one of these little egg things that make that sound, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And he'll, yeah, yeah. he'll say, okay, do me a favor, man. Will you just hold this while I'm playing this song? And the guy will be like, yeah, whatever. And then he'll go, well, but, but do me a favor, man. Don't move it while I'm playing because if you move it while I'm playing, it's going to make noise and it's going to distract me. So he'll be like, yeah, man, whatever. So he'll start playing the song. And then he won't pay attention to him while he's playing the song. And nine times out of ten, either by accident or subconsciously or sometimes consciously, he'll start making the music. He'll start, making the, he'll start moving his hand and making the music with that little thing to the rhythm of that particular song or chord change. And miraculously, he doesn't necessarily get it. It gets him. So one of the things that I've noticed right off the bat is even those who are resistant eventually come around. As a matter of fact, I've been, um, I've been looking at our statistics very heavily. And out of um, most, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but most 25-year-old heroin addicts leave treatment against advice around 42% of the time is what I've been researched and told. Our um, AMA rates are less than 7%. And that's probably one of the reasons why is, is because we, uh, we focus on the individual using the music as the catalyst versus what I would call the defensive postures that are often taken by clinicians to scare people or warn people about the consequences if they don't follow our suggestions. Mm-hmm. Well, don't you think that music is also um, 
when you become involved in music, you become part of a community. You be you have a connection. You you have a way of fitting in. Even if you're just playing the cymbals or the tambourine out of tune, you're you're doing something and you're connecting with people and you're creating something. And don't you think there's uh, some healing so, in that as well, Mary? In in the hundreds of discussions slash interviews I've done over the years, I've been talking about music. You are the first person to ever pick up on that wisdom. And I can only tell you what I learned a long time ago. First of all, I totally agree with what you just said. Second of all, what I've learned about treatment centers is everybody focuses on the staff and the program itself. And that's important, but I think that's half of it. The other half is how the milieu is. In other words, if I'm doing a group on the dangers of glamorizing war stories of use or euphoric recall, and then after the group, clients are sitting around doing that, it undoes what I just did. So what can we do to reinforce the positivity of the client milieu? It's what you just said. (laughs) That's exactly what happens in getting them together to participate, whether it's in the, the musical um, open mics we do or the concerts or the drum circles or them rehearsing and getting together. It reinforces the positivity of the milieu. I, I, um, I often hear from my staff, wow, we have a really good milieu here this time. And I'm like, it's really the same as everywhere else. It's just the, our approach. It's very patient-centered. It's very inclusive. It's very unique, individualized, and empowering. And, and believe me, I'm not that smart. Like, we're, we're just using the music as, as the catalyst to engage the cognitive behavioral therapy, the rationally motive therapy, all of the other proven evidence-based models, if that makes sense. Well, it makes total sense to me. You know, I'm sure you know that um, November is Gratitude Month in most 12-step programs. And so we always do a gratitude uh, recovery dinner for the staff and for our participants just to celebrate however much recovery the person has that year, whether it's two days or eight years or whatever. And then there's a time during dinner where where the guys and and the staff, if they're so inclined, they'll get up and they'll play music or they'll they'll, they'll read poems that they've written or they'll... So we have one young man that likes to... um, do stand-up, and he'll get up, and he'll do his stand-up. And, and it's just like when you see somebody who's been so beaten down by their illnesses, their mental illness yeah. and their addiction, and they get up, and they're, and they're playing the guitar, or they're playing the drums, or they're, or they're reading a poem, and people are connecting to them, and they get, and they, they get applauded, and you just see yeah. the self-esteem rise. I mean, Incredible. it's just like Isn't it great? common sense. Yeah, it, it's yeah. wonderful, and I... And I I mean, it just, you know, we know resilience and building resilience is such an important part of, of anybody getting better, but certainly that's a, a nice vehicle for people to build self-esteem and self-efficacy. Well, and, well and you know, what you're, uh, again, what, Mary, what you're pointing out is so, I think, wise in that what we're doing different at Recovery Unplugged is we're focusing on recovery triggers, versus relapse triggers. We're playing offense versus playing defense. 
um, I'll just share a little secret about my personal opinion is the key of staying clean is learning how to make recovery more of a payoff than getting high or drunk. And that if I'm going to be miserable or fear-based or anxious or eventually, you know, praying, go to meetings, calling my sponsors, staying grateful, that all eventually will get played out. So there are things I can do on a daily basis that can reinforce what you just said, the gratitude, you know, the staying in the present, the, the positive perspective on things. And, and music is the catalyst to all of that. I, I can prove it right now. I mean, it, it's really just that simple. It's, it's, um, it's something that, as Richie Supa would say, um, we've been listening to music since we were in our mother's womb. The heartbeat was our first, um, you know, sense of, of, of a beat and music. First rhythm. So it's rhythm. Exactly. It's yeah. rhythm. You got it. You got it. So to watch these kids, these adults, these clients who've been in multiple treatment centers literally turn their lives around and potentially break the cycle of addiction for decades to come is, is just priceless. And, um, and, you know, I guess we could, I guess we could talk a little bit about that, although I'm not, not big into statistics and, and, um, you know, tooting my own horn. I, I always tell people like, I'm really not that smart. This is, I can't believe no one else is really doing what we're doing, but, um, the results are, are really, truly unbelievable. As a matter of fact, well, um, how do people stay connected after they've completed treatment? I mean, yeah, do they right. Music? So, yeah, so check this out. So in most treatment facilities, when somebody leaves, they give them a coin and a certificate and say, okay, don't drink and go to meetings, usually. Now, we take our clients to 12-step meetings every day. So, and I go to meetings myself. I'm a big proponent of that. I apologize if I offended anybody by breaking my own anonymity. But the reality is, is that... We don't do that at Recovery Unplugged. We have a studio at our facilities. And what we do is we create soundtracks of their stay, some of what they've chosen, some of what they've created, some of what they've witnessed. And that's the cool thing is like I never know who's going to show up at my facility to share their story and, and um, engage the clients and perform. I never know. Like I'm having a potentially, a, 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 I can't say it on the air, but somebody's coming next week. Um, I can say who's already been there. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Flow Rider, but he was there a couple of weeks ago. Steven Tyler has been at our facility. Uh, Dion, there's, there's a whole bunch of, you know, those type of people, which is really interesting. Dion and the Belmonts, Dion? That's correct. Who, by the way, just rocked it. I mean, I was so my father turned me on to him when I was a child. It was my father's favorite musician because they grew up in the same area, you know, in New York. But he just did so well with the clients. They were eaten out of the palm of his hand. It was, it was, he's such a magical, spiritually evolved human being with that, with that Brooklyn accent, you know? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. but anyway, when clients leave our facility, we have a studio that creates soundtracks of their stay. 
So when they leave our facility, we give them earbuds and an MP3 player with the soundtrack of their stay, which then becomes use of a catalyst to stay in the present, call their sponsor, hit their knees, remain grateful, whatever they need for that day. There's a Mm go-to song. We call them musical prescriptions. That's pretty cool. Well, that's the problem with treatment. Isn't isn't one of the problems with treatment is you have to leave. (laughs) Eventually, you have to leave. Like, if we all could stay in treatment all day and for the rest of our lives, we'd all probably have a better chance at staying sober. But the reality is, you know, we figured out a way how you could take it with you. In other words, like, and that's the, the, the best thing about this, Mary, is I don't have to tell people, like I have to tell most clients, and don't forget to go to meetings, and don't forget to call your sponsor, and don't forget to take your medication if necessary, and, you know, whatever, go to work, make your bed, you know, stuff like that. But I never have to tell them, and don't forget to play music. <laughs> right, so, right, right. So, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of science, you know, behind it now, which is really, you know, like I always knew this, but now it's like proven. And we'll be right back to talk more about uh, music and treatment and recovery after this commercial break. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. 
Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Blizzard. I'm your host today, and our guest is Paul Pellinger, who is the Chief Strategy Officer for um, Recovery Unplugged. And I guess in this segment, I'd like to talk about two different ends of the spectrum in terms of music and as a conduit for spirituality and music as a conduit for relapse and the triggers that are associated when people are, you know, drinking at the DFW and listening to Bruce Springsteen and that gets reinforced <laughs> or they're shooting up listening to the Grateful Dead or um, Pink Floyd or they're doing hip-hop stuff and doing God knows what with that. So um, so I don't know which we you want to tackle first, spirituality or triggers, but it's your choice. Well, I, I always like to start off on the positive and that's spirituality, which is 95% of recovery, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't even know what the other 5% is. <laughs> Maybe action. <laughs> but um, but the, the, the key with all of this is I always equivocate it to um, the baseball. I, I coach my children's uh, baseball. And oftentimes I'll give them signs um, to steal or to bunt or whatever. And what we do is, is if I tap my arm, that's usually the steal sign, let's say. And yeah. Unless I touch my hat first, that's the indicator. In other words, I got to touch the indicator first and then touch my arm. Like Simon Says, don't move unless Simon Says. Music is the Simon Says for spirituality. Spirituality, as, the, as a definition, means a lot to a lot of different people, so I'm not even going to attempt to define it. All I can say is, one, the benefits of it, and that is this ability to wear life like a loose garment, this ability to be connected within yourself, this ability to be grateful more than you're not, this ability to stay in the present, um, this, this ability to um, you know, have a more optimistic view of the world. And so how does one achieve that? There are many, many different ways to do that. And I've tried them all, by the way whether it's meditation or, or exercise or running or different uh, sports or, or different kinds of meditation. And the one thing that I can do to engage all them is I need a Simon Says, like most people. In other words, sitting with my legs folded and concentrating on breathing out and breathing in, for me, didn't necessarily work consistently. But what did work consistently is putting on a particular song that maybe reminds me of my father who might have just passed away. Or, you know, growing up in, in upstate New York in small town USA as the snow was cascading down over the quiet streets with this purity that I can't really put words to. It's all associated and affiliated with music. And that immediately, that song, that lyric, that vibration can immediately, if I let it, take me back there. And so when I'm there, that's when I am able to reap some of the benefits I alluded to a few minutes ago about what spirituality is. And so, I'm not that special. <laughs> Meaning, everyone can benefit from that, you know? Right. And everyone can use music as that catalyst to change their mood. 
I know. I, I had the um, the privilege of seeing Stevie Ray Vaughan in concert a couple times um, wow. after he got into recovery, and he would speak about that. I mean, between lyrics and 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 then yeah. he performed this amazing music, and it took <laughs> you somewhere. But you know, he was, yeah. he was trying to take you there. I mean, it was just. I mean, yeah. that was a great demonstration of, of that. Yeah. And he talked about his recovery, and and then it would right. all come out through his music, and it was just transforming. Incredible! You're you're very lucky to have got to see him live. Yeah, he opened up for Robert Plant, who was like my wow. idol. Wow! And I didn't, wow. I didn't even care if Robert Plant came on after I heard him. I, I was like shocked <laughs> at how wow. good a musician he was. You know. Yeah, oh, that's funny yeah. you said that because uh, I once asked Richie the top three, uh, you know, guitar players of all time, and he he said definitely Stevie Ray Vaughan's one of them. So that's funny you just yeah. brought his name up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so yeah, Great. I I agree with you, Mary. That you know, like there's definitely a way that everyone, not just me or you or addicts, but everyone can use music to help them. It's free. You can tap into it any time. For, for the listeners out there, try to prove it to yourself. See what happens. Like literally in, when you're stuck in traffic and you're frustrated that you're not going to be at the school in time to pick up your children and there's really nothing you could do about it except maybe drive crazy and that ain't going to work, put on some type of music that either you like or that you kind of can relate to or that has some type of meaning to you and just veg out to it for that little two or three minutes, however long it is, it will immediately change your mood. It's power. Music is very powerful, and let's talk about the other side of it. So when you're, when those um, songs or those uh, melodies are connected to your your alcohol and drug use, and there's a very, yes. I mean, that, that memory is tied so strongly. Right. How do you so a, mitigate that? Great, great question, because let's face it, I don't know an addict or an alcoholic who didn't get high to music, <laughs> right? Let's just face right. it, whether it was at concerts or wherever it was, parties, whatever. And yes, oftentimes um, the vibration, the lyrics, especially nowadays, will definitely be a catalyst to that, um, you know, euphoric recall or depression or anxiety or whatever it is. And so what we do um, as clinicians at Recovery Unplugged um, is we try to figure out what those songs are and what those kind of, and we can usually tell just based on the genre of music. And so then what we'll do is, is we'll use um, similarly, maybe what the flooding technique would be, as a clinician would say. Instead of focusing on, you better not listen to Pink Floyd when you leave here, that's like saying, okay, for three seconds, don't think about elephants. You see, your mind automatically yeah. is going to think about that. So what we try to do is choose the path of least resistant, right? And so what we might do is we might now help them change their association with comfortably numb as being serene, as being kind of clean, as being kind of free from active addiction. And so now when the song comes on, and it takes work, it takes work in individual therapy, it takes work in groups, it takes work in homework assignments, it takes work on actually playing the song. 
And so there's definitely ways to kind of combat that. If we find out a client is triggered by a particular genre or a particular song, let's say, we know that based on their treatment plan because we do a, 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 a complete assessment of it. And then that's when we'll be able to, you know, reframe it for them. Um, but let's face it, there are some songs <laughs> that just, you know, you don't necessarily, you know, want to listen to, which is why if we identify that, we'll say, you know what, I got nothing against hip hop, but maybe listen to the hip hop that was going on in the 80s versus, you know, the song you want to listen to today that's talking about, you know, what I would consider pretty, you know, racist, you know, misogynistic type of, um, you know, features, if that makes sense. So again, they still listen to hip hop, but it might be KRS-One instead of a current day hip hop artist. Yeah, a long time ago when I went back for my bachelor's degree, I took an English course. It was a feminist English course. And part of what we had to do was um, bring in lyrics of of songs that we had all listened to that really, um, you know, Categorized women and or objectified women, and mm-hmm. and I was and I was shocked. Like some of my favorite songs were, were the lyrics of things. That oh when yeah. I had to step back and look at them. I thought, like under my thumb by the Rolling Stones. I, I was just was thinking of that song. song. I can't believe you said that. That's crazy. Yeah. I swear, I was just thinking and, of that. <laughs> and and I and I listen because I have children that listen to some of this stuff and I listen to the lyrics and I'm thinking what does this do to young women? What is this the message that these lyrics are giving yeah. to men? Right. Because this is all, because it's done to music it, it's landing in places where you and I talking right. would never land. Right. So here's what we do. So first of all, I have a, I have a hip-hop artist that works full-time at Recovery Unplugged. I think I mentioned already he's from Detroit near 8 Mile which is known for where Eminem came from, who, by the way, supposedly is familiar with recovery as well. And what Tommy will do is he will point out to the clients, okay, you see this music you're listening to now? Do you know who their role models were? And then he'll take them back to the 90s or the 80s or even sometimes a little bit before then where the the lyrics was more of a message, you know, um, the lyrics had more of a comment on social commentary. Like I was watching um, an old hip-hop artist on TV the other night. His name was Melly Mel, who was talking about today's hip-hop artists talk, should be talking about, hey, you know, we had the first black president. I don't hear anybody talking about that. Hey, you know, we have some social injustice. I don't hear anybody talking about that. We've come a long way when it came to this. Like, they're not, they're talking more about, I don't want to mention it on air. Um, right. And so, and so, yes, what, what Tommy's able to do is kind of reframe it. So it's not like, don't listen to hip-hop anymore. It's, you can still listen to it, but try this out for size. And if they're about change and they're in recovery, they tend to like it because the beats are just as good and the lyrics are clearly, much more clearly understood. And um, shoot, I've seen the, I, I, have million, I have a lot of stories on how clients have benefited just from able to reframe it. We'll be right back after this commercial and I'll save my question for the other side. We'll be right back.
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is Mary Woods, and I'm your host today, and our guest is Paul Pellinger, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Recovery Unplugged, which is located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Austin, Texas. So, Paul, do you treat, are you co-ed? Yes, we are. So, I have a question. How do women respond to the music? I mean, because yeah. some of the lyrics are very, I mean, they're, they're, they objectify women, they're, they're degrading to women. I mean, some of the music, yeah. well, from forever, has just doesn't put so, women in the best light. Yeah, so I think it'd be helpful to know that the content that we use in the live performances are all, first of all, are, are original songs written by Richie Supa, which are all about recovery and addiction. So it's a universal talk versus a gender-specific, um, judgmental, you know, critical um, perspective that you were kind of alluding to. And then also what we do is the songs that aren't originally performed or, or sung, we carefully kind of um, let the clients 
you know, pick them out. So, for instance, mm-hmm. during during a biopsychosocial assessment, in addition to getting, you know, all the, you know, things that are normally gotten there, we'll get like, so, can you remember, you know, growing up as a child and going on vacation with your parents and stuff like that? Yeah. Do you remember any songs associated with that? No, not really. Oh, really? Because I just talked to your dad and he told me, you used to play the Rolling Stones, and here's the song. Does this remind you of anything? And so, like, immediately, in other words, the family's also involved in in the treatment component of this. And that will then just help them remember, at least for that three minutes of song, you know, the resentments they might have towards their dad for putting her in treatment in the first place or setting the boundaries or whatever it is. So... We, 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 we are very careful in how the music is used so it does not, you know, offend. Um, we, we actually had a, uh, um, a hip-hop artist um, come to us for treatment, and oftentimes he would freestyle, which means just make up words as he was rapping without any, you know, mind about it, and a lot of it was, you know, very offensive, so we had to meet with him and say, hey, listen, we don't mind, but let's focus on change. And all of a sudden, it was, it was the wildest thing I ever saw. And this guy was from Compton. So it was no joke, the, the, the neighborhood he grew up in. And he basically reframed it and started using that energy to focus more on being positive, which then reinforced the rapport and relationships he had, not only with the staff, but more importantly, his peers. I know, it's very powerful, huh? Yeah, where do you see it? And anybody you can anybody could go online too and just YouTube Recovery Unplugged and you can see how, you know, when Steven Tyler, for instance, was at our facility some time ago and um and Richie was uh, um you know, alluding to how they created the song called Amazing, um, which I believe was written in ninety two. And how, you know, a lot of people in recovery started giving them fan mail. Like, we know what amazing really means. If you're not recovery, you might have thought it was about some relationship or something, but it's all about recovery. And to be honest with you, that was, according to Richie, the spark of him then giving all of that stuff up just to use music to help addicts and alcoholics, which is why he doesn't tour anymore or fly to Nashville to write a song for this guy or that guy. And, um, you know, it's really, really powerful to watch how these genius musicians, you know, create these songs. Um, I always knew that John and Paul, for instance, were divinely inspired and musical geniuses. And by the way, I still believe that. But now there's science behind it. You mentioned the Grateful right. Dead. Um, some time ago, you know, Rick, Mickey Hart, um, a member of the Grateful Dead is actually working with a neurologist. I think it's a neurologist might just be a scientist. I'm not sure but in mapping the brain and hooking up the brain and showing that when you give somebody a hit of, let's say crack cocaine, it lights up the brain a certain way, the same mm-hmm. as a song or a chord change. So really, if I had to sum up everything, we're teaching people to use music to feel better uh, and to make recovery a payoff more than getting high by getting high, you know, on the music because it has the same effect, if that makes sense, in reference to the, you know, serotonin levels and endorphins and all the other psychobabble I could spew out right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I know a long time ago there was a study that looked at uh, Beethoven's music and how that affected brain changes as well. Uh, and it was very well, similar to what the, was going on with the Beatles music. I mean, the parts of the brain was, was very similar. Yeah. So. I don't know, but when my wife was pregnant with my children, we would actually, well, the first one, (laughs) not the second one. The first one, we were told that by listening to that kind of music improved, you know, um, you know, intelligence and things that way. So we did that every night. So, yeah, Yeah. I definitely think there's something magical and powerful that we have not even tapped into yet. And that's the coolest thing about music. I keep learning new things all the time about how it's helping the clients. You mentioned that people who go on YouTube to learn more about um, Recovery Unplugged, is there any other way to connect with you or, or the, um, sure. the organization? Sure, sure. Um, well, first of all, recoveryunplugged.com is our website. And if you Google Recovery Unplugged, um, a whole slew of videos and, and things of that nature will come up. I mean, we also have a main phone number. It's 800-55-REHAB. It's uh, 800-55-REHAB. Um, if you have any questions or you want to talk to somebody about how, you know, you might need help at Recovery Unplugged or you just want to learn how to use music in your, you know, daily life to... Uh, you know, live life on life's terms. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I, I think everybody has a, a soundtrack to their life, right? Um, they really do. And you know what's funny about our clients is some of them will hate to admit, really, you listen to the Partridge family or Barry Manilow? Like, I would never admit that. Oh, yeah, I don't like country music. Oh, no, you know. But if you ever get them, and that's the coolest thing about music, when they get up there and they dance around and they perform for the first time ever without being high or drunk, it lowers their inhibitions, which then makes it a lot easier for them to ask for help when they eventually leave treatment. So it's just, a, it's just this positive, positive domino effect. Um. I guess the last thing I'll say about that, Mary, is I just learned something last week. A therapist came up to me and said, you know, Paul, I don't know if you know how music helps the therapist, too. He's like, well, what do you mean? It's like when we start the group off with a, with a song or, you know, a lyric or, you know, some type of, you know, vibration of the music, it helps improve my mood. And when my mood's improved, I'm much more effective as a therapist. It's like, huh, good point. <laughs> Well, on that wonderful note, um, thank you so much for being our guest today and for sharing the gift of music with us. And um, it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, Mary. Happy New Year to everybody, and thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great week. We appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.